Welcome to Lynn Cullen Live, talk radio without the static. Email your questions and comments to lynn at pghcitypaper.com. And now your host, Lynn Cullen. Hey, hey, hello there, hello. Welcome to the show. It's uh, September 24th, and as you can see, my, my sister Susan is with us. And you can see exactly how inaccurate the picture is or is uh, not. Well, I don't know. I think it is. There she is. Okay, here, here I, I am. am. And um, and uh, she'll be taken off to go home right after the show. But, uh, oh, God, so. I'm, I, this is, uh, <coughs> here's what I want to start with. Excuse me. Where did I see this? I, th I saw this last night. Uh, Bill Weld, who was the governor of Massachusetts some time ago, Republican governor of Massachusetts, who has said he was the first person <coughs> who said he would run. <coughs> he was the first person who said he would run uh, in a prime. He would primary Trump. Right. And he came out the other day and said this. And what it 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 so it made me say to myself. Why the hell? This is a Republican governor saying this. Why aren't we hearing this from more? Here he is. Here's, I want to get the direct quote. Talk about pressuring. Talk about pressuring a foreign country to interfere with and control a U.S. election. It couldn't be clearer. And that's not just undermining democratic institutions. That is treason. It's treason, pure and simple. And the penalty for treason under the U.S. Code is death. That's the only penalty. That is from a Republican. Uh, okay. Th then a Republican, by the way, who is not actually uh, going to be any threat to Trump because the RNC refuses to allow any Well, they are primaries. having some primaries. No, they are. They're closing them down in some states. I think it's state by state. Uh, some are. But here he's, he's saying what, what we know is this president is uh, a traitor. As some of us have been saying that for some time. Yeah, I didn't right? think it took this long to come to right. that conclusion. But that he would go as far as to say in the penalty for treason under the U.S. Code is death. That's the only penalty. Because William Weld, I remember Weld, very soft-spoken, you know, what used to be a moderate Republican. And then he goes on and says the penalty under the Constitution is removal from office. And that might look like a pretty good alternative to the president if he could work out a plea deal. Well, the Rosenbergs were convicted of treason, and they were put to death. Well, but they weren't president. I mean, there's no way he's going to be put to death. Well, the more reason he should be put to death, if you ask me. Well, <laughs> he's not going to... Look, we don't even have... He's still the president... We don't even, obviously, I'm getting the impression as Well, apparently that's why he thinks he could murder someone on Fifth Avenue because we've just said that he can't be killed for uh, treason. So apparently he can also go and kill well, he people was on Fifth Avenue. I mean, Avenue. he was clearly right about that Yeah. when he said it. Yeah. 
um, because since he said it, he has gone on to commit crime after crime after crime after crime. And what's happened? Nothing. Thank you. That is the correct I answer. I mean, you, you, I just begin to wonder, oh, okay, well, why are they bothering to tell us? Well, it was enough. It was en- enough a year ago. The good news is, is that this Ukraine thing um, is much clearer than what the Mueller report had to uh, deal with. Well, and they've admitted it. And there's been an admission from Trump himself, backed up by Giuliani. So. Now you see a critical number of members of the House saying they would uh, they would vote for impeachment. Uh, the number uh, in the Democratic uh, caucus of the House that is now saying we will we will vote for impeachment is 61 percent. Uh, Pelosi has begun talking. Um, rather openly into her conference about it. So I think, uh, yeah. And representatives, I mean, I was listening to the news this morning and some uh, New York rep came out and said, um, absolutely, you know, it's time for impeachment. So one by one, uh, representatives are sort of putting out their vote in public. Um, And it's steamrolling, too. We'll see what happens. Well, I mean, the the reality is they'll impeach. And the Republican uh, Senate will um, I don't care. I have long been on the side of just because you don't win the case doesn't mean that you don't try to uphold the law. Um, it, it, you know, the fault should not be in the not for trying. You know, let's if, this, if we know the Senate to be, uh, you know, in cahoots and as far as I'm concerned, acting in an equally treasonous way to know that treason is going on and to do nothing about it is to aid and abet in treason. So, I, you well, know. I, I agree. And I think that um, I think that you you might actually see um when push comes to shove, a few Republican senators not be able to uh, seeing the articles of impeachment, the fact that it is pretty cut and dried, you might actually see some uh, vote for conviction. But I think Romney. Not would. I, I actually think <laughs> Romney would. I mean, well, yeah, Romney. So whatever. One, two, three, four. They are the most extraordinary bunch of self-serving uh, traitorous cowards. Well, he wouldn't, I'm not saying that he would do it be, for moral reasons. I'm just saying I think that he might parse his political longevity and future on voting the right way. <laughs> Disgusting. Okay, so the other thing that's quite clear is that um, Boris Johnson in, uh, in the U.K., uh, attempting to behave like Donald Trump in the United States, flouting the uh, legislative branch of that government, actually shutting it down because he did have the uh, apparently the right to do so. Um, that when he shut down the Parliament, there was an immediate uh, effort to get the their third branch their court system it was appealed to the to, courts um, to 
come down yay or nay on it. They came down very quickly, nay. And they ruled unconstitutional. that what he did was, in fact, a crime. It was unconstitutional. It was antithetical to democracy. And, uh, and also <laughs> that he did the unthinkable, that in doing so, he misled the queen. Because the queen had to do the ultimate, he goes to the queen, he says, here, sign this, she signs it. Um, so... But what I wanted to say is that their system is working. Is working. Quickly. As opposed to ours. Yeah. Their system, there is an immediate fight back by the legislative branch, taken to the judicial branch, an immediate, and you could see Boris Johnson go down now. The shortest, he'd be like the Anthony Scaramucci of of British PMs. No. Well, that combined with the fact that apparently as mayor, he was diverting public funds to well, uh, tote his mistress around. And that, I mean, honestly, they're... They Trump and he are just peas in a pod. Uh, we have a caller. Susan, you might want to try to hold that up to hear it. Uh, caller, go ahead, please. Hello. 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 Hello? You have to turn down your audio. It's down. Okay. How you doing? Hi. Good. And? Am I on the air? You're on the air. Yes, you are. (laughs) Go ahead. Oh, good morning. Hi, good morning. Uh, I've been, hi Lynn, I've been listening to you for years, uh, since you were on TV and radio, and I love Tuesdays when Susan is on. Great. Uh, I was hoping hoping, uh, your mother would have been on. You're both strong-minded women, and I was going to ask her if either of you gave her any problems growing up. Yeah, I can answer that. On behalf of my mother, I will answer that, yes, um, she had two before I came along, and um, they, lovely as they were, so exhausted her that we had an unspoken agreement that I wouldn't bother her unless necessary. <laughs> no, I was, I, I, was, uh, I was a dutiful child until uh, mid-adolescence, and then I, yeah, I was trouble. But that's sort of par for the course, isn't it? <laughs> I think so. And I wasn't so good either. I just lied about it, uh, according to our tacit agreement. So, <laughs> so my my mom has a routine in the morning, and and the routine is such that she could never have gotten herself ready in time to come in for the show today, which is too bad. But but uh, if the show had been at noon, we she would have been done here. It. Yeah, yeah. So. She'll be here a bit longer. Maybe you'll be able. Maybe to drag we'll be her able to drag her in, but I don't know. So very nice. That of, would be great. I'm sorry. Very nice. That would be great. Of, yes, it would. Nice of you to. Nice of you to call. To hear. Okay. To hear Love a new you on Tuesday, Susan. Thank you. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 Yeah, you can call and compliment right. me anytime. Uh, That's the first time I ever called. Um, 
I don't know. I you know, I also feel that like what's happening now, um Trump I was saying I was talking about something that somebody had read about we should impeach him because it will distract him to the point that he won't do a lot of the bad stuff that he would normally be doing if he weren't so distracted. Well, it, and then yesterday, as if to prove that very thing, there he is at the U.N., and he can't keep his mind on anything. But He's talking right. Joe Biden. He's talking the Ukraine. He's talking about that's the all. lying media. He right. didn't say one word. He's supposed to be talking sometime around now. You think he'll be able to keep himself on subject? Well, he. this is one of those read-a-teleprompter moments. Um, but yeah, he went, I'm sure you guys have seen all the things that he said with the Polish, uh, uh, president sitting there, who, by the way, is also a, a would-be autocratic yeah, son of, of a bitch, himself, right. Duda. Um, and he said, uh, if a Republican had done what Biden did, they'd give him the electric chair. What did <laughs> What did Biden, Biden do? Biden, according to the Ukraine's own spokesperson, didn't I can't remember. Nothing. Yeah, didn't do nothing. He didn't do nothing. Uh-uh. And there had been it had been looked into. Was there any? No. In fact, Biden was only doing what apparently a ton of other foreign ministers and other people were doing pressuring the Ukrainian government to get rid of essentially their attorney general, I think their chief prosecutor, because he wasn't going after the corruption like he should. And they wanted him out. So, you know what's interesting? I remember uh, before Trump became the nominee of the Republican Party, but the writing was there. I mean, he was going to be. And um, it was prior to the convention and they were hammering out the platform, which is what they do. And there was this strange thing that happened because the Trump people didn't seem to give a damn about anything that was in the platform. But all of a sudden, Paul Manafort, who was then the campaign manager, came in and was adamant that this particular thing having to do with, guess what? The The Ukraine Ukraine. (laughs) be inserted. It was different from what the Republican Party normally would have done, but this was clearly one of the first chits, I guess, that Putin was saying, hey, I'm going to get you there. I need you to do Do, this. I need you to do this. So this is one of the things. And, and, And where is... Where is Paul Manafort? He is in jail. Oh, okay. Manafort is also the guy who met with um, uh, r- some Russian guy, right, and gave him the polling data for Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, Michigan, and Ohio so that they could do what they ended up doing in a smart way. The Ukraine, because it's it's something that drives Putin nuts. He wants it. He went in and took a big chunk of it. That'd be the Crimea, right? We're supposed part. to be on Ukraine's <laughs> side against Russia. Right. Under Trump, that has been constantly 
reversed or muddled as he does Putin's bidding. The fact that he would, the week prior to speaking to the Ukrainian uh, head of state, he would withhold the funds that they had been regularly receiving well, so clearly, and then make the then phone make call. Then make the phone call, which is to say, hey, you want that you money? You want that money? And then uh, he says in a press conference, I never said that you get one only if you do the other. He just behaved that way. Ugh, it's, it's really, I mean, it is just criminality in... He is so out of it that he doesn't even understand what he's doing no. is unconstitutional. No, he thinks he's wheeling and dealing. He thinks he's he never known that he was a crook. He's always been a crook. He just doesn't understand that he's a crook. But he's very smart, and he is the chosen one. He is, what is it, one of the finest, what did he say? I'm a, a very stable genius. Yes. <coughs> I am the very, very stable genius. Where is that? Uh, Randy Rainbow. Yeah, but it's Randy Rainbow did it, and it's just so, it's just so classic. Hey, you know what, Amy? Can you find Randy Rainbow's "I Am a Very Stable Genius"? Randy Rainbow and HMS Pinafore, and it should come right up. Um. Anyway, just to see, because it might, you know. Give some levity to uh, the program. Uh, also, news uh, that's not getting a lot of attention is it turns out that um, the Egyptians were, and this is old, but the, we now know about it, the Egyptians were uh, apparently moving in to arrest a New York Times reporter who was reporting from, uh, from Egypt. Uh, because well, he was reporting from Egypt, and the and the uh, the CC government uh, doesn't approve of uh, reporting. I mean, it could be fake yeah. news. Yeah. So, um, some diplomat, American diplomat in Cairo, calls the publisher of the New York Times and says, "Hey, heads up, this is what's happening." And I think you should know it, but you're not hearing this from me. He did it because he he didn't want he knew that if the White House knew he had tipped off the New York Times, they'd be furious because the White House wanted, Robert, wanted, wanted no, they wanted arrested. the guy arrested, <laughs> and they wouldn't have. And so the guy is originally from Ireland. Uh, Salzberger, the publisher of the New York Times, calls the Irish government and says, "Hey, um, could you move in and secure this your your national here? Because we have a, we we're led to we have information that, that the American uh, embassy will not do that." And so the Irish went right in, grabbed him and his family, and spirited him out of the country before this is. Your president. Do we have Randy Rainbow and a very stable genius? Okay. Let's try to play some of see if we can hear it. It it just I need a laugh. Okay. You know, I'm meeting with President Putin on Monday. And we will of course ask your favorite question about meddling. I will be asking that question again. You know, what am I gonna do? he may deny it. I think it's one of those things. So all I can do is say did you and uh, don't do it again, but he may deny it. I mean, well, you'll be the first to know. I'm very consistent. 
I'm a very stable genius. So I have to figure out what's going on. He is the very model of a very stable genius. Of all the U.S. presidents, he is the Mussolini. He learned a lot of things according to his Wikipedia and demonstrates his ample intellect on social media. When people are in need, he is the best at making fun of them. He knows 11 words, although he can't spell even one of them. An overly flamboyant orange autocratic scuzzy man who's undermining everything Obama did because he can't. He's I am doing a great job, that I can tell you. He's very good at pushing all the bullshit that he's peddling, but won't concern himself with matters such as Russian meddling. His campaign managers and jail on charges that are felony, and no one really cares about him less than his wife, Melanie. Sorry. <laughs> He's really great with children when it comes to immigration. He thinks he's making progress with denuclearization. He's only hated from Seattle to the Carolinas. And likes to greet his lady friends by grabbing their vaginas. <laughs> He's certainly proficient at attacking an election. At 8 he is not afraid of not taking direction. And from all his ignorance, the chaos and the pain he is, he is the very model of a very stable genius. I would say the highest level of special. He's always been a pro at things like violating protocols and reproducing other egotistical Neanderthals. To all our greatest allies, he decides to say, get out of here while doing all he can to satisfy his daddy Vladimir. There's no one as accomplished in the art of the distraction. Of anything that's factual, he orders a retraction. When greeting foreign leaders, he prefers the pomp and circumstance that vomits verbal diarrhea to satisfy his sycophants. There never was a military draft he couldn't dodge in. He is excellent at advocating racist and misogyny. He likes to make up stories with convenient exclusion of topics that he finds make him feel threatened by collusion. He expertly persuades his base that Mueller's hunting for a witch. Instead of their own president, he's obviously Putin's bitch. He calls reporters take and says the Democrats are sour grapes and lies awake at night and thinks about those Russian Very stable genius. Okay, I love it. He, he's brilliant. He really is. Um, and you are correct, Ellen, and I am wrong. Ellen says, sorry, Susan, but it was a riff on the modern major general from right. the Pirates of Penzance. Right. And Not you the are HMS correct. Pinafore. Right. I just thought of a boat. Yeah. <laughs> love seeing you in person. Love Tuesdays. And Milton sent what? Oh, you sent the, the very stable genius tape. Yeah. Not. Whatever. Yes. Yes. Thank you. God, he's funny. He, he's just Really I had the, I had the pleasure of um, of introducing him at a uh, a Planned Parenthood fundraiser. Really? Yeah. Mm, yeah. I'm just yeah envious. Yeah, and and he 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 was just I mean he brought the house down. He was so wonderful and and very very funny. He was the very he was the very model of a of a. Right, and no one is more. Genius. Yeah, no one is more surprised <clears throat> than he that he's become who he is because of this. And he, I've listened to him in an interview, 
And he said uh, it was just recently that he stopped thinking that what he was doing was not apparent, was actually art. You know, he he just... Well, he does he was, parody. He does parody, parody, but he does it he, musically. He, he does it so He's got a good voice. He's got he's got a wonderful voice. He's got a wonderful instrument and that he can actually, do lots of things he's, with. I mean, those, those lyrics, so smart, so funny. I he's just he's wonderful. Hey, Weird Al has nothing on him. Although I'm a big <laughs> Weird Al fan too. I am, I am, I am. Um to quote Popeye. Well, let's see here. I uh, I'm being totally no help today. See, I'm more help when I'm lying on my when you're more comfortable. Yeah, when you're more comfortable at home. Yeah, it's it is. It's a different kind of dynamic, and it's uh, we're probably better. Well, I I should have come in with my iPad because that's when I'm coming up with things to talk about while you're looking at things. Well, you know, (laughs) I was thinking something that we could try to do. I don't get into trouble here. Um, could you get out your... Um, no. Yes. I have always wondered if... You don't have to. I'm going to. Vaping is such a big thing right now, right? So um, Susan regularly vapes. And um, I thought, let's see what happens to the show when I do it. Okay? Okay. This, by the way, is not nicotine. It is a THC. So I'm about to commit a crime in Pennsylvania on camera. But what the fuck? I'm a white woman. Did I have to push something? Yeah. <laughs> there you are. There you go. You push that. Okay. Oh, okay. Watch this. Just see if the show improves. Oh, no, we're going. We're just, God, that stinks. We'll just see if the show improves any. Can um, I put that away now before someone confiscates it? <laughs> no, I'm going to take one more hit. Okay. There. Okay. Okay. No, we'll we'll, <coughs> we'll see. <coughs> I am a full service sister. I always have whatever you need <coughs> available. I have a cough drop as well. Would you no, like one? No, no. <laughs> I'm fine. It's just a little. <laughs> so did you see that Webster's Miriam Webster uh, dictionary uh, has <coughs> signed off on how many? 533 new words in its newest... Or new usages of words. Okay, or new usages of words in its new edition. Um, And here's some of them, and then they don't go on to tell you what it is. Inspo, I-N-S-P-O. It sounds like something they say in Green Bay. Hey, Inspo. Inspo. (laughs) Or does it have something to do with, like, in sports? Inspo. Um, In... Well, we don't inspiration. Know. Then here another one is, well, maybe. Here's another one, dad joke. Now, I started seeing dad joke around quite a bit. Have That's you heard it? That must be an offshoot of mansplaining. I mean, it's making fun of dad. It's, it's not funny. <laughs> it's, it's making like a dad dance. Right. 
it's it's probably uh, something. It's making fun of white men. Of white men. Or not necessarily <laughs> white men, but just dads, dads telling a joke where their their offspring roll their eyes around. Well, you know, there's this whole ad campaign um, about uh, young people turning into their fathers. Yeah. Right. Right. And that's so. Right. That's a. And then they did a whole thing that I read the other yesterday. I think about how older people are poor, are portrayed through advertising because apparently everybody that works in advertising is 18, so they think anybody over 45 is very old, and people that are 65 are all grannies. And uh, and cannot be convinced that we can do anything except need drugs, you know, to treat our various and sundry no longer workings. I think you need to talk more. Sorry. Jesus. <laughs> okay. Here's a here's another word. Um, rhotic. R H O T I C. Don't know. And fabulosity, which I can well, imagine. I can imagine. Oh, is it, but how? That's a word. So an Billy for, Porter exudes fabulosity. Well, that's true. Uh, and uh, kudos to Billy Porter. Uh, and I want that suit. I'm Homewood Zone. I could wear that uh, to my daughter's wedding. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Like well, suit. he's well. I like most of his clothes. His stuff is. Uh, <laughs> I yeah, liked his tuxedo too. I would have worn that too. Uh, Milton says. All right. Been wanting to see that for 30 years. What? I think me take a toke on the air. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> well. Yeah, but, but meanwhile, is anything different? No. Well, is that weak stuff? I don't think so. Not particularly. No, I don't think so either. I do feel it. Okay, so the word, though, that got... The, an article written in the New York Times is more controversial because what Merriam-Webster has done is said, has added a new definition to the word they. And now the word they can also mean, according to Merriam-Webster Dictionary, which by the way is uh, sort of the dictionary of record, generally speaking, according to this article. Don't ask me why. Merriam-Webster. And that meaning is used to refer to a single person whose gender identity is non-binary. And then they define non-binary as non-binary people do not identify as either male or female. And they don't want to be called he or she or they want to be called they. Now, when this first started, I had a lot of trouble with yes, this. Yes, I'm remembering. I'm wondering if we're going to have more trouble today. Go no, ahead. No, no, no. But, I mean, I, yeah, you know, cha change is hard. And it just seemed, and I'm a grammarian, so just the sound of it just rattled me. Uh, but it's not even new. Uh, or unusual in our own language to use they for non-gender specific issues. So mm -hmm. if you are saying, and you don't know whether you're referring to a man or a woman, and you're talking about public... Are they okay with are that? Are they okay with that? 
Yeah, and um, that can mean a single person. And that could absolutely is. is are they can, okay with that? I mean, your your friend who's coming over. I mean, are they? they that's true. Okay, but so it's not a far stretch. It's, not it's whole, just the fact that one person would ask for the respect to be referred to as that is what's new. But and apparently there was an article which I did not read, but is out there. I know it about how in the Middle Ages and in Shakespeare's time you will find multiple references of the use of they that that way. Okay, so I'm sorry. I means I can't stand sit up straight. I will lean forward. Okay. Okay. Um. Anyway, this this kind of thing happens every year when the new edition comes out. That because people, some people, like I'm one of them, really care about words and language. And so if people start like saying, oh, you know, now that's a word, you know, you get, I, you know, the fact, I'm sure there are people who swooned when uh, Merriam-Webster put the word ain't. <laughs> well, in the, in, but a dictionary is supposed to be the arbitrator of words, but let well, me just. Well, it's supposed but it's to not. say it's, it's not the it's arbitrator. Usage. It is. It goes by what people the talk. people of the who speak the language how they define it. I think they say here they try to explain it by saying that a dictionary is more of a rear view mirror than a vanguard of change. And uh, the chief lexicographer at Merriam-Webster said, if we see that a term is used frequently, then it's going to get into the dictionary. We wouldn't be doing our jobs if it weren't reflecting the truth of the way the language is used. Right. So that... Um, and I think so it's any, there now. Right. And I, I would think that anybody who is an expert in linguistics would tell you that the essence of language is change because it reflects the society that it lives in. So if your society is totally stagnant, then your language won't change. But what is proper grammar is constantly changing. So we can pretend to be old stiffs, but we might be simply out of touch with the current state of Well, my concern, though, too, is that because people, to me, are increasingly nonverbal. I mean, we're, we're like coming full circle and in another three generations will be grunting like cave people at each other. Um, uh, you know, the use of emojis, the, with all this kind of stuff where we're getting back to like, yeah, cave paintings practically to communicate. I do worry because our language is so rich in so many words and at some point those words might be considered so archaic that they'll actually be tossed out or something. Um, although uh, another case on uh, you know in, on point of what Susan's saying, uh, the same chief lexicographer at Merriam-Webster says this, they the evolution of they, he says, is a lot like what happened to another pronoun, you, Y-O-U. And this change for you happened a few hundred years ago when it used to be only considered a plural. It was only a plural. You would say thee yep. and thou. You would not say you. The singular pronouns were thee and thou. 
And what happened is thee and thou got nudged aside away as because, people right. started just using you. you for not for just any any person. And in front it was of them incorrect. To, it, it would sound it like it would have been incorrect right. at, at one point. Right. It would have driven you but, crazy. Because, but so that is right. a that is the form of Elizabethan that was Elizabethan yeah. English. And so it's why when some Times you go to a Shakespeare play, if you do, uh, you don't understand. Even though they're speaking English, <laughs> you don't understand words because they're words that have, like a lot of words that I care about, are going to be just incomprehensible to people. I know that when I speak, and because and, I, I love words, a lot of times, yeah, people don't know what a word I use means, right? And I was accused... It was one, it was a phone call I'll never forget. You know, I don't remember much of anything, but uh, it was way back in the day, maybe 25 years ago, and some woman called up. W, it was when I was on WTAE, and she said, "I am sick of you using words that nobody knows what they mean, and you're such a." She said, "You're just doing it to show off." That's what she said. You're just no. doing it to show off. And I was so, it had never, well, but this is interesting, it had never occurred to me that that, I'm just like saying, using we the like words, words I know. Right? We, we like com- words in our house. We come we from a family did. where we just love words. And we had a dad that said, I, on your mark, get it, set, commence. commence. I am not. Um, and that's true. I am, uh, <laughs> I don't know. I'm. I'm just more. But it's, I understood what she said, though, and it, 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 the reason I remember it is I thought, oh, my God, um, hey, that people, that there are people who, yeah, would take, th- that would have that reaction to hearing somebody using what they would think of as, you know, like, what do they, I, I mean, words, be, yes, right. because what is, what is the purpose yeah. of communication? It's to communicate, converse, right. to communicate. If I'm using words that you don't know, then well, I'm... But I'm not, you know, it's part of the purpose is to communicate, but within that communication, you might want to elevate, you might want to educate, you might want to, you know, help people aspire. And I, and I think that love of words um, crosses... Class and education. I think. I think it's spoken like an elitist. No, I think it's right up there with because language is music, and music is appreciated and created across the spectrum. I think language is exactly like that. Mark writes, "Hi, Lynn. The show is amazingly better already." <laughs> Did you join us? <laughs> Not that it wasn't amazing before. Well, thank you very much, Mark. And, oh, here's an emoji. Uh, Sylvette. Uh, read the first line. Hey, you two. I didn't want my name to be. <gasps> well, I think I stopped you. No. I said, I, I did. I didn't. Okay. I'm sorry. I didn't want my name to be mentioned on air. However, I do want to welcome my sister Susan and thank her for being with you every Tuesday. I am also a little sister, and your sister dynamic both makes me smile and cringe. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I got it. (laughs) Personal to Susan. 
Susan, you have touched my heart so many times with your sincerity, empathy, and compassion. Thank you from my heart. Would you consider a pen friend? No pressure. Personal to Lynn, I was encouraged, challenged, inspired by you to embrace my gray hair. Yay. Yours is beautiful and mine is too. All right. Yay. Okay. Yay. Well, thank you. That's thank you. And, uh, yeah. Thank you. I'll forward this on right. to Susan so that you have. No pressure felt. Okay. So that, yeah. How wonderful. Thank you. Thank you. How much? Okay. Uh, and I like your emoji. You're very cute. <laughs> it looks like it's a really good one, yeah, doesn't it? Looks it looks like a really like, good I, one. Like we could now pick you out of a lineup. Uh-huh. Do you know, that some people don't know, do you know that you can make your own emoji that looks literally like you? you. Susan has done it too. Maybe that's what we should use for um, my, your my, picture. My bitmoji? Yeah. Okay. Don't you think her, yeah, why not? It's certainly better than that angry picture of yours. You look like a, Jesus, God almighty, God. Well, I was sort of doing that as a, as a statement about my, my adult lack of vanity. Well, yeah, but those of us who... My throwing off the those cultural of us, shackles of expectations. But of, those of us who love you really don't think you look like that horrible face you made, and so we don't want people to... I don't usually. I, I usually okay. can't keep a smile off my face, which is a... Ellen a, says, hi, sorry to chime in again, yes. but my sister's kids grew up using the... Oh, 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 yeah, because the Quakers kept it alive. That is true. Um... Where did I just see this funny? It was a that cute little like thing. That sounds like such a nice, warm, loving thing to do. It does to now to now go back to thee yeah. and thou. How sweet, because uh, her husband had Quaker ancestry, and he he grew up using that form and wanted to continue it with his daughters to honor his Quaker background. So they say thee and thou. How nice. It's in a movie. It's a funny thing in a movie where somebody's traveling. What is it? And and he encounters somebody who uses thee and thou. And it's you know it startles him. But it's not. A, it's a just a. It's a memory I have I can't that I can't for the life of me uh, figure out what movie that is. Barbara says so nice to see Susan and then blasts us with this headline: Trump embraces nationalism in his UN speech. The future does not belong to globalists. You know what globalist is? Jews. It's a dog whistle for Jews. 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 I hate to tell you that. It's a dog whistle for Jews. Well, and he friggin' said that. And he said it. Okay. I, uh, thank you. Wow. Okay, it says here. Yeah, the first line. Uh, an wait, arguably anti-Semitic Oh, speech. yeah, so it says it. President Before the General Assembly. Oh, good. President Trump gave a strikingly nationalist and arguably anti-Semitic speech before the United Nations General Assembly as we were talking. About treason. That's true. Yeah! The president embraced the rhetoric of white nationalists to denounce globalism before the international organization and proclaim the United States the most powerful nation in the world. Can the you imagine? future does not belong to globalists. It belongs to patriots. Globalist is a term uh. loaded with anti-Semitic infamy 
and he echoed the Jews will not replace us chant by neo-Nazis. Okay, now, well, some people are going to say that we're full of shit saying that, but I'm sorry. I, it's not. It's, it's not. If, as a matter of fact, if you look up, if you just Google globalists. Merriam-Webster Dictionary, if, check them right now. This is what it's going to say. It's an anti-Semitic reference. I don't think it does. Yes, it does. I looked it up the other day because someone that I knew used the term and uh, being related to them, I chastised them. So was I, I chastised them. I'm sorry, but you know. They I'm, didn't hear the whole first part before it. I'm sorry. Okay, well, that is chilling, I want to say, and I'm not saying chill. I'm ch- um, he's just going flat out Mussolini. I mean, he just, just is, and he doesn't care. What? But I'll tell you something this. else. It shows you how frightened he is because he is summoning his troops. Chris writes, love seeing. Why would you write so small? <laughs> Chris writes. Love seeing you and Susan together in real time. On the subject of words, you have to mention Cyril Wecht. Yeah, there it is. And his usage of words. I never know half of the time what Cyril is saying, but I love to hear him talk. Yet, you know what? That is so true. He, it, but he does. I mean, it just sounds so funny. It does. Um, and persuades Susan to come to town more often. Okay. Well, I'll try. You see, we, we it might just happen because I threw my dog in the car and brought my dog along. And Lynn! As a result. Thank you! It is. It's from the Philadelphia story. The, the mo- oh. I love that movie. And Jimmy Stewart is playing this... Uh, you know, the, 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 this uh, journalist who's, who's, who's been sent on an assignment he doesn't uh, want to be on, and he's a you know cynic and he's this and he's that, and um, he goes into the uh, local library where he's been sent and encounters this little old librarian woman, but she says like, "What does thee want? What is, you know? What is thee looking for?" And he. As only Jimmy, it's so cute. It's so, and then he starts wanting to, you know, not disrespect her. He starts, well, uh, does thee have a copy? <laughs> it's just a cute little Lynn. Thank you. See, people come to my rescue. Well, it's just, and that I do. It, there's a lot of knowledge out there that people. Okay, have so in their what heads. happened that now all of my? Do you see that? That is not what that looked like. Yes, and then when I did, Chris, I said, why are your your words? Look at what's happened. You're the one who knows stuff about the words. The the letters are like so minuscule, and that's true on all of all everything now. All right. Um, Susan is the person in our family that we use as a fix-it person, although she broke my... uh, I did. Well, she was asking me to fix everything in her house, and I swear the reason to do that is so that when I break something, it's my fault. <laughs> so I I performed every single bit of that task, and yes, it's my fault. Well, I got back at her because she walked my dog, and my dog, she says, broke her finger, but he didn't. She's well, being the a, finger being is a drama broke. queen. I, the finger is currently twice the size it is, and I am black and blue all the way down my hand. Okay. Okay. Uh, okay. So she's trying to fix that. I. Uh, this is a more Pittsburghy story, um, and it was front page of the New York Times business business section. 
today. Remember not too long ago when we took such pride in H.J. Hines here? <laughs> you know, it, that was a company that went back so far and that had a great product that the whole world loved. And, and he was one of us and his family chose to stay and his name is all over the place and blah, blah, blah. And then remember Kraft Foods came in and gobbled us up and then some good-looking Brazilian guy. <laughs> Are you remembering this? Some good-looking Brazilian guy was brought in to be the CEO of this now Kraft Heinz. And they they came in making all these, of course, assurances. There, don't worry. We're not going to gut your place there on the north side. We're not going to, no job, you know. And, of course, <laughs> this story, still not there. It's better, but not, no, it's not. No, um, it's better, but it's still not right. So the headline is how two great brands merged into a mess. Uh, and they, they, the article goes on to talk about these are icons of the American dinner table, Heinz and Kraft. And taken together, uh, they have been nothing but a disaster. Sales and pro It's sad, really, because it was such a... Sales and profits have slumped. After laying off thousands of people over the last four years, it has announced more job cuts. Um, also, facing shareholder lawsuits, the company stock has plummeted 51% in just the last year. That goes on all the time. has nothing to do with it. So... Um, Let's all just sit and watch Susan I'm try going, to correct I'm going what, nuts. Well, I what mean, the hell happened, do you think? Well, now it won't even log into your Yahoo account. It never will log into my Yahoo account. Just say okay and shut up. Okay. I'm sorry. This is our sisterly dynamic. Are you enjoying it? See, it, you just have to cancel it. <laughs> anyway, so there we have it. Listen, we got ten minutes left in the show. There was one other thing that I wanted to... Um, I always agree with this. Um, it's a little piece that was written uh, and published in the Wall Street Journal, um, headlined, I Should Have Thanked My Teachers. And I have said this more than once. We uh, all should thank on our teachers. Show. Not all of them. Well, you should thank your kids' The ones, teachers. no. You thank, no. I'm, I'm talking about, I'm not saying no to that. You need... It's you probably too late because we're all a bunch of old people now. We're talking about the teachers that who you life. had yeah. who made a difference because that'll be one or maybe two. I don't think people come up with a, you know, there are one or two teachers that changed how you saw the world or your interest and in that regard or changed. Or how you saw yourself. Changed your life. A teacher that changed your life, and we, and this piece is written by. Uh, I thought he was dead. I, he's the uh, he was the commissioner of Major League Baseball, Faye Vincent. I always thought it was weird because I never knew of a man, man named, named Faye. Faye. Right. Um. Anyway, Faye Vincent, and he must be an old guy now, and he, he starts his little piece saying, 
The Book of Common Prayer contains this majestic passage. Almighty and most merciful Father, we have left undone those things which we ought to have done. And he goes on with more of it, but that's the part he wants to... We have left undone. And he's he just ex- excoriating himself in this. He says, I le- to my great regret... And these are the words of an old man. To my great regret, I left undone the simple act of telling two superb teachers how much they contributed to my early education. Now it is too late. You know what this reminds me of? Our father and his relationship. in heaven. No, whose relationship with his high, Susan? his high school English teacher... That's true. Uh, and I'm blanking Marie on... Marie McKnight. M- Marie Why McKnight. Why would we know my fa- our father's high school he English teacher? He and my mother... Marie uh, McKnight. He took her out to dinner for the rest of her life, and he always made it clear to us that that was a teacher that believed in him, probably was part of his love of words, and who was there for him when he was, as a very young man and still in high school, he lost his father. And then uh, he kept and she wrote him the most beautiful letter um, uh, on his father's passing. And uh, we still have it. It is written in English teacher script, beautiful penmanship. And it is such an amazing. And it's very much the letter of a teacher to her student right and telling him that he's going to that he must it was sort of it, it was not as it was you will move on you are going you know and you know just thinking about it makes, makes me cry yeah we're going to yeah. both start crying now okay <laughs> <laughs> has and absolutely nothing to do with vaping <laughs> uh but in my face, so who was yours? Mine was a guy not oh, in college. Oh, t- I've yeah. often talked about mine. Mine was Mr. G- Zweck. Oh, okay. Mr. Zweck, who was like really weird, but I'll tell you, I can trace my love of writing. So it had to do with words and interest in the world to him. He was nuts. And disappeared. I mean, he just sort of disappeared from the faculty of our little school at some point. He's the one who, when we were studying Germany, hung a Nazi flag. Yeah, we had a swastika flag. We had a hanging. Yeah. He's the one. And this is one of those things where... uh, Well, I've told this story a million times. I remember him force-feeding some kid borscht, and that's when we were on Russia. And he would make us eat the food, and so we're on, it's seventh grade. We're, in, we're eating borscht, and he made us read Turgenev's Fathers and Sons. I don't think that's a normal... No, that's not right up and, in the and, curriculum. And, no. and, 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 and then he... Oh, he was amazing. I think he was, I think he was a uh, little fascistic, 
I think he was gay, which you definitely couldn't be. Right. Um, he threw me out of the classroom the day of uh, Alan Shepard's uh, flight. What? When did Alan Shepard? When was our first little I suborbital? One. Yeah. So that that works out to me being thirteenth. Yeah. Or so, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that's me in seventh grade. They had allowed, we had a little, uh, all the classrooms, I'm sure, must have gotten TVs. And we were so excited, we couldn't see straight. I mean, America had never sent a rocket up with a person on it. And it, and he was just going to go up and then drop right back down into the Atlantic. That's all it was, but it had never been done. And Zweck came over to me and said, get up. I want you in the hall. And I went into the hall with the look like Susan has on her face. And he came with me and he said, I want you to remember this day. I can only be assured of that. If you stay out here, he refused to let me watch. It happened in real. That's how nuts he was. I'm okay. telling you well, that's how nuts, nuts he was. I how ha- odd is that? I don't that? know. See, my, my favorite teacher or my most influential teacher was my uh, English teacher, head of the English department at Washington University, um, who was the guy that convinced me that I was actually smart. It took, you mean you went all, got all the way to college before you thought you had a brain? Well, yeah. Well, that was, that was drummed into me at home. <laughs> Let's not get too personal here, Susan. Oh, God. Okay. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So well, somebody sent a picture of Wilbur Ross, our Commerce Secretary, um, fast asleep. asleep during Trump's speech. Pompeo is sitting ahead of him uh, scratching, scratching his, his head. head. <laughs> I guess sleeping through it is one way of avoiding uh, it, and, uh, you know, God knows we all scratch our was beyond scratching our heads. Anyway, I just wanted to say that if you um, have still a chance to track down a teacher that made so much difference. I know Bill tried to, um, tried to uh, uh get to um, Mr. and Mrs. Schlender. We had... Uh, uh, he was the, the principal when I was there. Was he, he? He was a science teacher and the principal. He was a science teacher. I had him, and he was an incredible science teacher. When I had him, I understood how television worked. And then I went to work in television and always said, I really don't get how I can be sitting here. And I mean, but while I was in his class, I'd forgotten it. I understood how radio worked. I understood about the odd frequencies. I would have understood. No, we had a very good education. Incredible teacher. Anyway, so um, there's all that. And his wife was an incredible teacher I had for fourth grade. Yeah. But you don't often get a chance, and since I'm, you know, we're both on Medicare, it's, you know, the odds of finding a teacher that you want to thank. You know, well, there I might, there might be, well, no. Most of mine, no. They'd be, no, they'd be, look at, they'd Oh, well, be, yeah. 
There's and few of them are happily not continuing to scare other children. <laughs> right. There's Mrs. O'Donnell from Was- uh, Washington Junior, who looked like you know Miss Grundy, which is sort of what I look like now. And she would she was English teacher, and she would get up. She looked like olive oil. Right. And she would say, I remember her like doing a cheer. I, you, he, she, it. I, you, he, she, it. And we're all like dying because. (laughs) Anybody notice that she's saying shit? Yeah. (laughs) I, you, he, she, it. Speaking of pronouns again. (laughs) Well, we got to end on a program. Thank thee. Uh, Uh, Thank thee. Yes. And thank thou and uh, Yins and uh, all you guys for uh, being here with us. And I'm, I'm really glad the cops did. Somebody didn't call the cops. And you know, I was imagining, wouldn't that have been funny? Seriously, if a if a police officer had come in here, I would have been a said, little PO'd. If you want to know the truth, I I know I I, <laughs> I got I a long way home. I know. Yes, yes. <laughs> okay. Anyway, so I'll see you guys tomorrow. Okay. 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 Have a great day. It's Take so care of beautiful. my mother. <laughs> I thought you were telling, okay. No, I'm going to. Lynn Cullen Live, Monday through Friday from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. and archived at pghcitypaper.com. The opinions expressed on Lynn Cullen Live are those of the host and do not necessarily reflect the viewpoints of Pittsburgh City Paper or its advertisers.